Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So airlines, of course, want to carry as many people as they can these days, especially with COVID. They lost some money. They want to get back to this. But when they ask you to fill out their latest survey, I want you to watch the movie Network and basically say you're as mad as hell and you're not going to take it anymore. So I was on a fright recently on Delta Airlines from Las Vegas home on the red eye. And of course, it was my own fault. I booked coach and I was further in the back again, my own fault. But I did get an aisle seat, which I was looking forward to. And I figured I would sleep a little bit on the plane. Now, I do realize that legroom has been an issue for many years, but now I think it's time to rebuild the entire cabin of these aircraft. This particular 737 had three seats to the left, three seats to the right, and barely enough room for, if you remember the movie Rudy, he was five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, and he could barely fit through there to casually walk up and down the aisle. There was room for maybe one leg, but certainly not two. So every time someone walked back to the bathroom, they would hit me. Despite the fact that I wasn't even in the aisle, I even asked the flight attendants when I got off the plane, how could you guys even stand this? How could you walk through this? And they said, try doing it going down with a card. So what the heck has happened? So I decided to do some research. And like I had said earlier, Less legroom is now the industry norm. So in the early 2000s, rows in economy used to be 34 inches, right? Uh, to maybe 35 apart. Now it is 30 to 31 inches typically. Though 28 inches can be found on some flights as well. So they're really um, kind of skimping on that. But the biggest problem is now the seats have narrowed as well from 18 and a half inches to on average, yes, 17 inches, which doesn't even really fit an actual normal size person. Never mind if you're a little bit overweight, which uh, some of us, you know, got a little bit extra poundage, right? So in recent years, airlines have been redesigning cabin space and seats alike in order, of course, to jam more and more passengers into planes and maintain what, of course, is profitability, right? So, we can't blame them for making money, but in the same, shouldn't we be a little comfortable? Um, less, you know, leg room for your knees they give you, you know, and it's also issues of less room for your upper body, your face, your head, especially when someone reclines a seat in front of you to stay, take a snooze. So this is a major issue for everyone. So, <coughs> excuse me, but U.S. Airlines have increased the average seat count in their single aisle multi-class configuration from 135 to 130 rather in 1995 to 142 today. So they're trying to fit more people in there. Now this was a four hour flight and something really needs to give. Shouldn't we be a little bit comfortable? I mean, heck, there's more room in my Subaru Outback. And the other thing I can't understand is they, they typically will make an announcement that it's completely full flight, and you'll need to check bags in order to accommodate. This is a pain in the neck for the flight service crew. This is a pain in the neck for the people. Can't you just put it in the price of the ticket and let you check the bag from the beginning so we don't have to go through that? It seems like the flight crew 
has enough to do already. So if you want to fly uh, an airline that apparently has a little bit more legroom, they say that JetBlue has a seat pitch of 32 to 33 inches, and that is the measurement of space between one point on an aircraft passenger seat to the same point in the seat in front of it. So again, this is what we have come up with, but this is just ridiculous. Can we at least ask these airlines to stop trying to, to cram 10 pounds of crap in a five pound bag? I think we can ask to be better. It feels worse than a Greyhound bus in the sky. And I really feel bad because the Greyhound bus is a lot more comfortable. So that's kind of where we are. So I guess what we need to do is pay more money for first class, but really first class is the old, what coach used to be. So now it just makes me crazy. Watch the older movies and see how much room used to be in the aisle before. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. He is making his second appearance. He last appeared last July in an episode. It's summer. It's supposed to be hot. He's a man who I broadcasted many games with for Fairleigh Dickinson University. Please welcome my friend David Smith to Lens Burning Bush. And David, I mean, you fly. I know you've traveled a lot and maybe with COVID, not as much as you used to. But my goodness, can can we get a little space? Thank you, Len, and good morning. It's great to be back with you. And uh, I, I just so related to your, your rant this morning because I was thinking, as you were saying, it, you were at least on Delta Airlines, which I fly a lot, as yeah. you mentioned. But have you ever flown any of those discount carriers where the seats don't even recline? And, and the pitch, as you said, is, is maybe on those, the 28-inch. Those are absolutely unbearable to fly. So I was thinking, hey, at least you were on Delta, which is, which is the better airline. I mean, three seats to the left, three to the right, and I kid you not, there wasn't room for an actual person to walk down the aisle comfortably. You have to walk sideways yes. going down. And then and the way, I don't know if, yeah. if you if you experience this, but then the people coming on dragging their bags down the aisle, bumping you as they're trying to put it in the overhead, which, by the way, you see some of the bags people try to cram into those overheads. But again, can we just put the bag, like you go on a Greyhound bus, and you, they put the luggage underneath, right? You have luggage. I mean, I'm not flying. I'm not going on the Greyhound bus anytime soon, David. Trust me. But my point is, why do airlines, why can't they just say, you know what? We're adding $25 to the ticket price, and it includes all bags and whatever. You can you can check your bag. So no, you don't need to put stuff in the overhead anymore. If you want to put a carry-on, that's fine. But these people bring these full luggage the whole thing, their whole life is is in this bag. They're walking down, they're hitting people. But the 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 biggest thing is you got these poor flight crew on the loudspeaker for 30 minutes before the flight, maybe 40 minutes, and they can't get volunteers. And then finally they do. And it takes forever. You fly, you wind up getting off late on the flight. Just put it in the price of the ticket and let people check the bag. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. And if you think about what those flight crew go through, I mean, you can't look at the news any day and not see that they're being assaulted these days. They're being harassed. It's just got to be a brutal job right now to be on a flight crew where you're dealing with overcrowded planes. You're dealing with, you said, you know, the luggage, the overhead, and then people not wanting to wear their masks while they're on the plane. It's It's got to be a horrible job right now to be a flight attendant. The other thing on this particular flight, which I found very interesting, they made an announcement and said, you know, because this, this was a sleep flight. Like, you know, when you go to Vegas, you do the red eye, you do the sleep flight, right? 
So what Absolutely. they made a comment, they said, you know, you could wear, make sure you have your jacket or your sweatshirt or something because we no longer have, we don't have any blankets. And they made a comment, no blankets because of COVID. So here's what I don't understand, David. You have 200 of your closest friends next to you, but yet you can't put it, get a blanket, right? Is that, <laughs> I mean, what is going on with the world? I don't know. I, some of those blankets, Len, I don't know that even pre-COVID, you'd want those touching your skin. Some of those look like they'd never been cleaned. I so know. you might be better off without a blanket. No, true. But they, they have the ones that they have in the package that they, they you, you know, it's the first that it opened. But I, I just don't, the, the logic that they use. And then they have the nerve to say, you know, well, I hope everybody had a great flight. And please make sure that you give us a good survey. And it's like, you know what? Give me some room. I'll give you a survey. Give me a little bit of room. I'm not. A, so I have, I have vowed, and I don't know how long this is going to take, but I have vowed that I will never, ever, as of, as of whatever, I am not flying coach anymore, ever again, because I, I just don't understand how they could pack you in that way. And I'm not saying I'm, you know, again, I'm a little overweight. I know that I used to be, you know, when I like pictures like the Jerry Seinfeld reference when I used to be a 32-inch waist. But, you know, I'm five foot ten. I'm not huge. But I have friends that are, like, over six feet. I can't imagine them even wanting to get on a, a flight anymore. Yeah. I, it's one thing that you, you documented how they've really just crammed in more seats on the same size airplane. And that's got to come from somewhere, and it comes from your comfort. Yeah. And, uh, so David, <laughs> good I luck. Good luck with that first class lens. No, I know. I know. Price. Have you looked at the <clears throat> price of first class tickets? Yes, I did. But see, here's the thing. You know, I, I I look at first class now, and it's not even that big of a deal anymore. It used to be like, you know, they would, you know, this the episode with Seinfeld where they had the ice cream, and you know, they sit there and have the 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 cooked meal and whatever. Now they, you know, you just basically can get a drink. I think is is how they do it. But I don't know, David. I mean, this is an idea that I came up with, and. Let, let's do this. Let, let's come up. Let's let's see if we can get some investors. I want to call it Comfort Air, okay? Comfort Air. I want to put Barca loungers, and I want to just – I want to put it like maybe – maybe I have like uh, – normally you would have 200. Let, let's cut it down to maybe 80 at most. Get a bigger plane like a 737 or, you know, whatever. It was really a 736 and a half, the one I was on, but that's another story. But get something – that you have Barca loungers, comfort, because even if you, you, what I don't understand with airlines, I've never understood this. It's like you go to a baseball stadium, right? And I've talked with people about this. You go buy a ticket, you buy it the day of the game, you buy it a week before, you buy it six months before. It's the same price if you buy it within that section, right? Mm -hmm. So why is an aircraft any different? Why can't you just have, here's a stadium view, Here's your prices. This is what you pay if you want to sit in row one, in row five, in row 10. This is the price, and this is what you pay. But air, and because they know how much money they need to make, right? I don't need to tell them you've got a flight, and let's say you've got 200 people and they're all paying 300. You're making 60,000. You know your costs are 20. You know you made 40 grand on that flight, right? I'm not, this is not heavy math here, David, right? I'm not. Going crazy. <laughs> I think you got it. Okay, good. So my point is, if I come up with a with a way where maybe you do 80 seats and maybe, okay, 500 bucks would be 40 grand. Let's say we go to 600 bucks. You don't think people would spend $600 on a 
on a flight that you could actually be comfortable on as opposed to $300 on a flight that you're basically miserable for four hours. I'm loving that Barca lounger idea yeah. on Lens Comfort Air. Let's Comfort Air. Let's do this. Let's get this together and stop the nonsense. Stop this put, packing this 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. I can't stand it anymore. Man, you are fired up oh. on that flight from Vegas. Oh, wow. It, it was brutal, David. I, I tell you the truth. I was so angry because I kept getting hit. It was the scene from, uh, whatchamacallit, the movie with uh, Wedding Singer. When she's in the aisle and she's getting hit with the cart with the, the elbow, but it was wasn't even the cart that was hitting me. It was actual people hitting me, and they didn't even they didn't even remotely apologize. Nobody even cared. I was getting hit fifty to sixty times on that flight. Just nobody cared. And you were toward the back of the plane, which means everybody going to the restroom was going right past right past you. Yep. Not a good sleep. Not a good sleeping flight. Oh God, it was sure. brutal. It was brutal. So I got home. I slept a little bit, but it was it was a rough. Uh, it was a rough go. And, you know, Vegas, we, we, we all go. It's a great place. Um, but coming home is always a tough thing. I always equate that to when you're going down the escalator at McCarran Airport and you see the big Welcome to Vegas sign. Everybody who's going down the escalator is all excited. They've got places to go. They get, And then you see the miserable people coming up the escalator. And they're the ones coming home. And that's kind of what it is. <laughs> they're coming home broke, hungover, yes. tired, yes. and and just generally be miserable. It is it is a great dynamic yeah. to see people coming down the escalator and going up the escalator, leaving Vegas. Yeah, it's it, that's why they have movies leaving Las Vegas, and they have movies right, <laughs> and they have and then and they have the Hangover, which is going to Vegas, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. But one thing that's great about Vegas restaurants and food and and just I, I love it. Um, I can't get enough of it. But I think for now I'm I'm I'm. You know, I'm not going to drive because I'm not driving 3,000 miles, but it would be more comfortable in my Subaru Outback. Hey, you you might give it a drive, right? How long would that take you from from your part of the country? A couple uh, days? About, yeah, it'd probably be a good – if you do like 700 miles a day, you'd probably get it in about three days. There you go. I can Until Comfort Air comes around, that's what you do. Comfort Air, baby. I'm telling you, I think it would, it would sell. The Barca loungers where you could actually take a nap. I mean, you know, get back to the old days when – didn't they have – you know, didn't don't they have that in the, in the Middle East and other places in the where they you could fly and you sleep like Abu Dhabi or something when you fly there? Don't they have those cabins when you can sleep? Not that we can afford. Oh no, no, no! I I realize that, but isn't there some happy medium? Anyway, it's just crazy. Well, what, uh, what's Vegas? What's Vegas like these days? Well, you have to wear the mask in the inside the casino, um, at restaurants and wherever you don't have to. And then if you're outside, you don't need to wear the mask. But going to Lady Gaga concert, which, by the way, I don't know what your feelings are on Lady Gaga. But go ahead. You were going to say something. You, you don't look like a typical Lady Gaga no, fan. I, I, right, I am just not. I wanted to make, put that out there. I am not. But I want to say this, that I did see the show. She, did, she puts on a cabaret-type show. Uh, which with she's got uh, the orchestra. It I I was I had no real expectations because I didn't I never I've never really seen her. I had no desire to see a Star Is Born. I'd rather take my eye out with a pickaxe than to see that movie. Um, so I had no desire to see that. I know she was good in it. Everybody told me how good she was, and I've you know she did Super Bowl halftime, and you know she was okay. I, I mean I know she's talented. Let's put it that way. So I get there, and I'm like thinking to myself, going, "Well, I could I, worst case scenario, I get a good nap, right? Uh, at, the, at the concert, I get a good nap if I don't like it, right? 
So anyway, I was impressed. She was so good. So if you've ever seen Liza Minnelli do a cabaret show, well, I've never did either, but that's the kind of analogy that I'll use is that she's Liza Minnelli without the cocaine. That's kind of <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, and and she was terrific. She really did a nice job. She was she was uh, kind of she was humorous. She spoke during the show, and she, you know, she talked to the audience, and she uh, did her song. She she finished up with New York, New York, which was great. Uh, she did a little Tony Bennett stuff, obviously, because she works with Tony on some things. Uh, she did Luck Be a Lady Tonight, um, and she just – and she did her songs, um, but in a different way. She did, like, Poker Face, and she did um, Bad Romance, and but she did it in a jazz – because that's what she loved growing up. She loved jazz, so it's fantastic show. But at the Lady Gaga show, you had to show – getting back to the reason you asked me, I went kind of a roundabout way, but you had to have the vaccine card actually shown to mm-hmm. go into – Lady Gaga, and then you had to wear the masks as well uh, while you. So, were at the so now you, so now you've got Lady Gaga on all your playlists. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I actually probably had some on there already because uh, I, I did that when the kids liked it. I always would download it on the playlist so I'd have it. But yes, I always had the Bad Romance and Poker Face and Papa <laughs> Paparazzi. Yeah. There you, there you go. go. <laughs> you know who? Do you know who this is? Right? Are we? Are we good here? Do you know who it is? All right. <laughs> Dave's like Lady Gaga. Why are we talking about Lady? I Gaga? I didn't didn't see you, but I, I bet it was a great show. I, I can imagine she puts on a fantastic show, and and you're not going to get a nap even if you no. don't like it because it's probably pulsating off the walls. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Great great show. I'm happy that that we went. I would never have thought that I would have gone, but it was fantastic. And uh, it's just one of those things. Now, in Vegas, one of the things that is really cool is I talked about this on a couple of episodes. You go to those shops and you go to the Rolex store and all these places, and they have these expensive, ridiculous watches where you look and they tell you it's $77,000 for a watch. And I'm like, does that come with two bedrooms and a bath? Um, because that's kind of you know my theory. But I just saw something and I wanted to bring this up with you. How much, what would you think would be a price that you would pay for a watch? I mean, five hundred maybe three fifty, right? <laughs> Tops. I yeah. mean, yeah, not 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 more than right. that. And that's what I am. I've got an Apple Watch, which maybe was three hundred. I guess three twenty five or something. I don't remember what the. But I had a watch before that was like a hundred dollars or hundred fifty dollars. Anyway, Drake. Do you know Drake, uh, the rapper? He's uh, from I've heard. You've heard of? Yeah, I'm not a big. I'm, I don't know him. I don't know of him. But apparently, he turned thirty five, and God bless him. I have T shirts older than him. Um, but he turned 35 and he decided that he wanted to mark the occasion with buying uh, an exclusive, exclusive watch with only one of its kind, apparently. And guess how much he paid for this watch? Give me a two moment. million. Five. Two million. Good, good try. Because originally, when the watch came out, originally it was released at 2.8 million. But. million he spent on a watch. Now, he's doing it for what he calls an investment because it's an ultra-rare, one-of-one Richard Milley, which the iconic watch designer dropped in 2019. He's got some diamonds, and he apparently said that the rapper went to New York City's Diamond District, King's, pristine jewelers, and talked about uh, securing this particular 
piece. But five and a half million. I hope it tells good time for him. Uh, well, I, I would think <laughs> if it doesn't, that's that's a you know that's the problem. So it's just. <laughs> I wonder. If, I wonder if he has to wind it like you know the old watches where you'd have to wind them. Well, I would. Oh God, that would be exhausting and paying that kind of money. I don't think so. I think it. I think it. I think it basically takes the 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 uh, by your uh, pulse. It probably does it. There are some watches that that actually charge while you're wearing them. Wow. Yeah. So as as you go into those stores, you find these things out, David, when you socialize with Louis Vuitton and all these other places. I always wonder when I'm walking through those places in Vegas and and other where the shops where they have those you know eighty thousand dollar watches how many of those do you think they sell right i mean <clears throat> who goes to vegas and says you know i'm gonna buy that eighty thousand dollar watch well one thing that vegas gets that you gotta think about is they're getting celebrities who have fu money when you have fu money eighty thousand is like a couple of hundred to you and i there you go like if a mark cuban goes to vegas you think he worries about eighty thousand dollars that's like walking around with pocket change, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. But, yeah, I would agree with you. I don't know how many they're going to sell. But, you know, I, I made a joke that I looked at a motorcycle jacket at, at Louis Vuitton, and it was $10,000 for this jacket. I tried it on, and I told them I'd give them three for it. But they, they didn't, they didn't go for that. I, they don't like the 70%. I said I would have used the coupon if I could, but it's Louis Vuitton, you know. <laughs> But the anyway, the it's not like it's not like the Coles coupons that come no. every week in the mail. No, no, no. I'm not getting a Coles coupon or Louis, for Louis Vuitton. But uh, I did go back there, and the jacket's down to 9,300. I was uh, I was very impressed that it, they they dropped. Did it, it. Did it fit? Did it, did it, it look it, good? It, on it does look good. Everybody doesn't like it though. Uh, all you know, my uh, Susan didn't like it. Uh, a couple of people didn't like the way it looked, and I'm like, I liked it. I thought it was great. But again, it's hard to it's hard to spend. $10,000 on a motorcycle jacket when you only spent $11,000 for the actual bike on itself. The motorcycle. Yes. So that's... <laughs> I'm surprised they even let you try it on. Well, you, know, at you, the, you walk in, you walk in the place and they're like, nah, get out of here. You're, yeah. You're not spending, you know, you're not jacket. Well, I guess they have to do it now. They, they can't, you know, discriminate, but it's, yeah, they should have kicked me the hell out with a, you know, yeah. there's no way I'm, <laughs> I'm getting this jacket. It's kind of crazy. So, Come on, come on, buddy. Move on, move on. The Coles is down the road. Absolutely. You know, Michael Kors becomes a you know a, a better better look for me. Anyway, um, we you and I uh, both uh, obviously. I grew up in New York, New Jersey. You still live in New Jersey. Yankee fans to the, to the degree both of us are. And of course, another disappointing end to a season for us. And one thing that I found out, and I saw that Garrett Cole, who it's funny how. Ever since they stopped using the sticky stuff, he became an average pitcher. Did you notice that? Uh, that same thing happened to Aroldis Chapman. Too. Yes, I know. Yes, the timing. The timing on both of them was directly related to the sticky stuff being banned. Now we're not accusing anybody. We're not. You know, let's be honest, right? But Garrett Cole reportedly got into a heated confrontation with Brett Gardner right. after Gardner uh, attempted to make light of that sticky substance and. Um, you know, it's just, I don't understand, you know, if you're cheating, you know, and you, you get upset if somebody like it was the whole thing with Clemens and it was even Lance Armstrong, all these guys were cheating. Everybody knew that they were cheating, but they were denied, denied, denied. And it's just, you know what? Just admit it. You did it. It's okay. Move on. It, the, the lying is worse than the actual offense. 
Yeah, I saw that this week. And, and you know, Gardy's been the, the mainstay in that clubhouse. He's the only guy that's got a, you know, a World Series ring, yeah. you know, from the Yankees. And, you know, he's he's been the, the clubhouse guy. And apparently that didn't go over too well with Cole. And well, uh, I just find the timing, you know, interesting that Cole and Chapman and a lot of those pitchers this year really had a hard time once they had to, you know, jettison the sticky stuff. I would have been happy if he got out of the damn third inning of a postseason uh, game. I mean, come on, yeah. really? I mean, you're it spending. Shouldn't even, th- it shouldn't even have come to that. No. It shouldn't even have come to that one game playoff. No. They should have never even been in that position. It was it was a tough year to watch the Yankees. They would be, you know, such a roller coaster. They'd win a bunch in a row, then they'd lose a bunch in a row, and it just got really hard to watch them. I I would agree. I think it's just it's awful that uh, you know they spend all this money on players and. You know, are these guys like, you know, you look at it, uh, Gary Sanchez, they seem to be in love with all the time. He is what he is. Like, I always listen to Michael K. You know, you are what your back of your baseball card says at some point, right? I mean, it's not yeah. going to be any better. And, and, and could it be that Torres, you know, uh, he, he can't play either? I mean, what's the deal? He couldn't play shortstop, but now he's playing second base. And I'd rather have D, DJ LeMahieu play anyway. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. So I think we're... We, we, I took Steven, uh, my son, to uh, Yankee Stadium and Shea uh, – not Shea, uh, City Field. I always call City it Shea Field. still. Um, and we went at the uh, end of July, early August. And so we saw the Mets and the Reds on a Sunday, and the, Re- and the Reds beat the Mets. And then we went to Yankee Stadium, and they were playing the damn Orioles. And they got like two hits when Steven and I went, and they lost. And then the next day, we get off the plane and we're landing in Cincinnati and we listen to the radio and they're up 9 nothing the next day. It's like, couldn't you have at least given us something? You know, my son wanted to see some home runs. We were seeing it from the other team. There was three or four home runs. So it's just, uh, it was, you're right. It was a very tough year to watch it. I, I get the MLB package uh, on the app and I watch the games on, uh, on TV and it's just brutal, brutal. That's a pretty cool trip to take with your son, though, to come to New York and see yeah. see the Mets one day, and then the next day see the Yankees. And you know, every every once in a while, they'll have where the Mets and the Yankees both play on the same day. It's very rare when yeah. they both have a home game, and like you can catch an afternoon game at one stadium, and then take the subway and catch an evening game at the other. It's always been something I've wanted to try, just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, he loved. I mean, we went, uh, we took the, um, we stayed in Manhattan. And then we went and did the uh, the train. Uh, well, actually, we did the Bronx Zoo first, and then went from the zoo to the to, to the game. And then we uh, we did the the Mets game. We took the seven train, and it was right there. And we had a we had a great time. I mean, it was it was awesome um, going back to what I used to do. You know, kind of do that. Now you you have to get in a car everywhere you go. That's kind of used nice. to be in the city every day, right? Yep. Used to yeah. be in New York every day. Every yeah. day, I showed them where it was hard to find a lot of the places because obviously that was you know, 20 something years ago um, for the most part. So it's crazy, but uh, yeah, New York's a little bit different, but we had a great time staying in Manhattan is a great thing. You get good restaurants. We walked around uh, where our hotel was near Times Square and they had this Italian place was great. Every, the food is just, that's the one thing you pay that, that tax to live in the area, right. To have that great food and you know, all that stuff. Yeah, you you don't have to deal with chain restaurants for all of your meals when you come to New York. No, you can really get some good good food. It's like the scene from Goodfellas. You know, you they when they put ketchup on spaghetti. You know, it's like it's 
People love the Olive Garden. Nothing against it, but my God, when you go to a good Italian place, you're like, Olive Garden is like a cafe compared to... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't care how much endless salad or breadsticks Bread or whatever they're giving you. First, you when you have to... I always like to say, like these pizza places too, they always go, let's make this, you know, barbecue chicken something burrito pizza, right? I'm thinking to myself going, you and I, I mean... We yep. would just want a slice. Give me a regular slice. I don't need maybe pepperoni, maybe a little green pepper, but I don't need, you know, barbecue, ranch, whatever. When you have to do that, when you have to sell wings and all this other stuff at your pizza place, you're masking the fact that your pizza is not that good. What's your take on pineapple on pizza? Oh, so it's I, a big no. I, yeah, I don't, I, you know, there's a, there's a meme. I don't know if you've seen it. But it basically says what you do with pineapple on, on, on what, you know, what do you do when you see pineapple on your pizza? You basically just take it, throw it in the garbage, and move on. <laughs> that, would ruin, that would ruin the whole pie, though. It, exactly. You know? Yeah, I just, yeah, not a fan. Uh, but people like it. They like the Hawaiian pizza, and they like it. Again, one thing about pizza, and this is kind of you know, the example of, I like to use about the, soprano, the new Soprano movie. I don't know if I you've seen, seen it. it yet. I haven't all seen right, it well, yet. No. I'll give you my analogy of it. It's kind of like pizza. So here's the thing. We all love pizza in any kind, in any form you'll eat it regardless, right? You'll eat frozen pizza, you'll eat you'll eat uh, you'll even eat it if there's pineapple on it if you throw out the pineapple. But my point is is the Soprano movie, everybody was ditching it, going, "Oh, it's terrible." And my analogy is, "No, it's not. It's a mob movie. We love this stuff. It's kind of like eating you know, little Papa John's pizza, which it's okay, right? It's still pretty good. Still tastes all right. It's not not it's not gonna be like, you know, uh best North Jersey pie, but still it was good enough. And that's the kind of thing where I get through it because I'm like, I still love pizza. So yeah. I love the mob movies and I loved the many Saints of Newark that way because it was a night to see something different and and I Everybody always like, uh, I think there was uh, Michael Francis, who is the mob guy who basically said he was, you know, horrible movie. You know, it was, it was embarrassing to Italians. It was, like, it was a lot of, it was, a lot of harsh comments being made. But I think that by having that movie, they were looking to make a series, a prequel series, which we'll probably get in the next couple of months or yeah. They haven't seen the movie yet definitely want to you remember when sopranos was on and of course it was all filmed here in north jersey and it was just so much fun i remember just sunday nights you know you set you set your your dvr because you didn't want to miss the start of sopranos but you'd look around and you'd you'd see familiar landmarks where they'd filmed it or you know places where you'd been restaurants and and it was just such a great show and ran all those years and and i really now, every once in a while, you'll see them on the reruns and just realize how good that show oh, really was. I'm, I'm actually re-watching it now. Um, I'm up to season four again. I'm doing it for the third time. So I watched it, obviously, mm. when it was on. I re-watched it several years after. And now I'm watching it again because of The Many Saints of Newark. And I'll tell you, fantastic show. I mean, it does. It, it, you see a lot of things. There is a little bit of overacting. Uh, I look back at it going, Artie Bucco. Does a little bit overacting. I mean, just a little bit. Uh, and even Paulie, Paulie's great. But the funniest episode was the Pine Barrens episode. When he <laughs> says, he goes, but try it with the relish. 
They're eating their ketchup packets <laughs> in the car. I swear to God, I I I am laughing hysterical. But uh, just so many so many great episodes oh. of that show, and and uh, it really. I, I can't wait to see the prequel then. If 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 you give it two thumbs up, and I know you I, said it wasn't great, no, but it, 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 it's it, like pizza. It, it's like pizza, and you'll like it. It gets you involved, and it gets you to the point where, oh, okay, now I think I know where it's going to start the prequel, mm-hmm. and you you've got an idea. They 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 focus in on Dicky Moltisanti a little bit, um, but the fact that they put James Gandolfini's son in it led right. me to believe that they're not going to just a one time event. Mm. So that's you know Michael Gandolfini in there, so he's he's pretty good in it. So I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. Otherwise, David, you're doing well. It's you know I miss uh, I do games here now, and I've got a good partner, but no one is like you. You know, you and I would go out after um, we'd have our Chicago classic pizza and a Sam Adams. Uh, we would do Pizzeria Uno, and it's funny, you know, as Jersey guys, that wasn't exactly the best pizza place, but. We liked no. doing the Chicago Classic at the time uh, to do it. Now we uh, we do a post-game show uh, with what I do now, and it's kind of fun. We, we go to a place called Roosters, and uh, and they've got chicken wings and stuff like that, and it's a it's a fun place. You know, have a couple of beers after the game, but it's uh, it's just different. You know, it's funny how uh, 20 years later doing doing the same thing. Well, I, I think our Pizzeria Uno is now a Chuck E. Cheese's, so I really think we wouldn't be going there if we were still doing no. games together no. uh, at the Rothman Center. <laughs> Do you but, watch uh, it? No, yeah. I've, I, I've been I've been following some of the stuff you're doing for high school football, and uh, you know, I just I'm so happy you're still doing sports on the radio, Len. And and I know how much fun we had doing them together back in the day, doing the FDU games, and just really happy that you're still able to do it. And I know it's it's a labor of love for you because you do have a full-time job and yeah. then you do, you do the podcast on Saturdays and you do the football games on Friday nights. And, you know, I know that uh, amidst all of that, you've got a regular job to do too. Yeah. So it's, it's just, uh, it's good that you're still doing it. And, and I've every once in a while, I get to catch a clip or two of you when you post it. So keep doing it and keep posting them. Well, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. And, you know, you and I could talk for hours uh, doing this show. Uh, we, we, you know, basically two curmudgeons talking about going to Vegas it's, it, it, you know, it is a good show, and uh, we'll continue to, to do it. I, I hope the uh, family is well. Everybody's good. You look good. All good here, yep. And uh, glad to hear your gang as well. Jenna yeah. and Steven are doing well. Yep. And then uh, now that they're grown, you can go to Vegas anytime you want. Well, that's what it is. You know, that's why I've been going a little more trips. But, I you know, I've got I've to slow down a little bit. I think I need to, you know, take a couple of weeks not to do anything. I need to just kind of. You know, be be smart, not uh, not try to do too much, you know, because, you know, it's like the recovery time when you're younger. You know, I like to say when I in my 20s, I'd go out four to five nights a week. And now in my 50s, I go out one night and recover four to five nights. It's kind of the same thing. Hey, look what you have to look forward to tomorrow. Trick or treat. Oh, that's right. Little uh, Halloween. Uh, what's your favorite candy to give out or to get? Snickers. Yeah. Snickers. I'm more of a Reese's oh, yeah. peanut butter cup kind of guy. But I I do like um the uh, was it? They call it a ten thousand. It was a ten thousand grand bar now, or a thousand. Those hundred grand, hundred grand, bar. grand. Yeah, I like that. And uh, I, I, there's not like with ice cream uh, and candy. I think there's not much that I don't like, but I know I don't like the candy corn. I'm not a candy corn person. I don't like any of that stuff. That they could throw that out. 
That's like I'm pineapple. Have, that that is no useful need in the world. Candy corn. No, don't give that out tomorrow. The Halloween trick or treaters. They don't want it. They don't want to see it. It's uh, you know, chocolate is uh, usually a good thing. And the big Hershey's bars, you know, spend some money for a change. You know, give the kids what they need. <laughs> Not the, not the fun size. What's fun about the fun size? Fun size is like, the, yeah, that's not fun. That's not fun. It's it's crazy. But anyway, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush and follow at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. Now on Facebook now, I think you can actually listen to the podcast. So if you go to at Lens Burning Bush and you look for podcasts, you can actually see all the episodes on the Facebook uh, page as well. So that's new uh, YouTube channel. I've been loading these uh, episodes on YouTube at Len Harvey, Lenny L1015. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. You can ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush, but make sure you say Lens Burning Bush podcast because I don't know what comes up if you don't. So uh, Stitcher, uh, Pandora, all of these places you can consume uh, the episode. So uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks to you, David Smith. It's a pleasure as always, and we'll do this again. So Thanks, Len. Great seeing you again. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks, uh, David Smith. I'm Len Harvey. Back with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. So long.